0: This is an RNZ podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember, though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse.
1: Hello, Mary Holm.
0: Hello, Jessie.
1: Sorry to keep you waiting today. It's been That's a busy day. That's all
0: right. And look, what a wonderful show you've had so far. I thought, you've had lots of music. You've had the daffodils, which I can't wait to go and see. Yeah. You've had Frank Sargeson, which was fascinating. And then gun controls. Yay.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: <laughs> this is, yeah, so it's quite a tough act to follow Can I, this. Can, can I
1: say daffodils, by the way? I, I saw the stage. Do you see it in theatre? No, I didn't. Okay. No, it reminded no. me of a feeling that, I haven't had since going to see Romeo and Juliet for a second time, which is that you know how the thing ends and you go and watch it anyway and you end up getting heartbroken all <laughs> oh, over again. Oh,
0: God, isn't that funny mm. that
1: happened to you? Mary Holm is yeah. with me in our Auckland studio talking about rainy day money. Let's get straight into it, eh? Yes. Should yeah. we start with the letter or would you like to... Uh... There, were,
0: there was one letter that came in today about mm. ANZ. Should we start with that? It...
1: Yes, great. Yeah, interesting. Let's do that. Um, if only I can find it... So, yesterday, ANZ went offline for an hour or two and got me thinking imagine a major outage. If I don't have paper records and the bank doesn't, then how does anyone prove what they have or haven't got? Yeah. And
0: I thought this is a different definition of rainy day or emergency money, really. Yeah. It's, it's, and, you know, I mean, I haven't got any magic answer to that. I mean, I suppose you could say every month people should be printing out their. Well, you, I still get my bank statements in the mail, actually, because mm. I. Out of preference, they must
1: have backups,
0: um, yeah. They must, and look if the whole banking system crashes, we might all be out there bartering anyway. But yeah, yeah, I don't have a quick answer to that actually. But swap your chicken for a bag of oats, Mary, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the talking about rainy day money, individual people's rainy day money, um. It you know how much you need and whether you've got it and that depends to some extent on what insurance you've got. Mm. And so it's they sort of counter one another. Yeah. If you've got life insurance and house and continent insurance and car insurance and so on, then
1: income the, insurance, yes, income protection. Very that sort important of
0: thing. Mm. yeah, income insurance, then um you don't need as much rainy day money really and, and but we're talking more for um, perhaps smaller things than your house burning down and that kind of stuff, but, but perhaps the car breaking down and you need to get it fixed fast.
1: That can be expensive. So,
0: yeah, it can. it can. It's horrific the way they can... And things like that that happen out of the blue, you know, you've got a rough idea when most of your bills are coming in and you've got a rough idea that the power bill is going to be higher in the winter, etc. But um, things like car breaking down can can just really hit people. And I think this is terribly important because it's how people get themselves into big financial trouble. Well, right, You hear about it all the time. People are just managing. They're earning a certain amount of money and then mm. they're managing to cover Although I was horrified when somebody the, the other day told me that some people go to payday lenders, that's the very high interest rate, short-term loans, just to buy food. Mm. And if anyone's in that sort of situation, I would hardly recommend they go to FinCap Look at FinCap online and they'll help you with budgeting and so on. But we're talking more about when um, the unexpected things happen.
1: Yeah, I just thought maybe yeah. someone dies and you need to take a last minute plane flight yes, overseas to a, to a funeral or to. That's a really out, good yeah.
0: example of the sort of thing that can come right out of the blue. And so, how much you need is, you know, that's the old how long is a piece of string, mm-hmm. really. Quite a lot of people say three months worth of spending. And, you know, people don't immediately know what they spend over three months. You think, oh, gosh, I'm not sure about that. The easy way to get a rough idea of three months of spending is to look at three months of income, because we've got a better idea of that, of what's coming in, and subtract your savings from Mm -hmm. it, and the rest of it you're spending, basically, and it gives you a rough idea. I've heard some people say six months of spending, but I think that's... You know, perhaps a bit unrealistic. That's right. For you most can change people. your
1: behaviour when this emergency comes. If you yes. lose your job, for example, you're obviously not going to keep going out and buying
0: yeah, extravagant quite. items
1: and going out to dinner until you've got the situation yes. sorted. Yeah,
0: hopefully not. Hopefully yes. not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know how much you need depends on what insurance you've got, it depends on your family and friends, it depends on whether you've got a mortgage. We'll get onto that in a minute about mm-hmm. how you can use that to help you in a rainy day situation. Um, KiwiSaver, you can get money out if you're in big financial trouble, but I I don't recommend anyone ever counts on being able to do that because it's really quite hard to do. Is it? And yeah, um, I saw a it, story
1: that people were doing it more often these days.
0: Yes, and they might have eased up a little bit on yeah. it, but but I know that the providers and the trustees who actually make the decision um, are pretty strict. They don't want people. You know, going into Mm. their KiwiSaver long-term savings unless they're really in in dire straits but um, you can it's it's probably easier to get it out if you develop a really serious illness, easier to get your KiwiSaver money out at that point but um, even then I don't think it's a good idea for people to sort of count on
1: Don't treat it as your rainy day funds No, No, not
0: really and another point I just wanted to make up front here is if you haven't got Money set aside. Um, it's a really good idea. If you get an inheritance, you get redundancy money, something like that. Grab some of that. Get get you know a thousand dollars, several thousand dollars, ideally um, set aside. If you if you haven't got any redundancies or or, or inheritances or anything coming in. Start saving $10 a week, $50 a week, something like that, and get it into a savings account in the meantime. To be, we'll talk in a minute about some sort of more sophisticated ways you can mm. use the money and store the money, but uh, it's really important because it's how people get themselves into financial distress when they haven't got this rainy day money. Yeah. Um, now, you had uh, a letter from somebody that I sent in to you. It starts about my partner and I bought our first
1: house, yeah. Yes, we bought our first house three months ago and we're unsure how much cash savings we should keep in hand. We assume that some cash savings for the unexpected is sensible, but deciding how much has us a bit stumped. Our mortgage is a combination of mostly fixed and a small floating mortgage so we're able to make extra payments when we can afford it. Thanks, Michael.
0: Yeah, so Michael's obviously, he's starting out saying we need... We need savings for the unexpected. And then he talks about his mortgage. So clearly he knows that that's one way to, and it's a good way, if you've got a mortgage, to um, use your mortgage in a way that gives you some rainy day money. Mm. by um, Basically by making extra payments on the mortgage. And but really important to go to your lender and say to them, if I make extra payments on the mortgage, can I get that money back out mm. if I need it? And typically they'll say, you can. And in fact, even if you can't afford to make extra payments, sometimes if you're just making your regular payments on the mortgage and you need money in a real emergency, go to the lender and ask them if you can borrow back some money, i.e. add to the mortgage at that point. And often they'll let you do that, but I would really recommend to people that they do that before the emergency. Go mm-hmm. today, go tomorrow, talk to the lender and say, if I get into trouble, would I be able to borrow some back and under what circumstances? And so you've got an idea. But, you know, that's a way of sort of ideally pay a bit extra off the mortgage so you can do that, or get a um, revolving credit mortgage or what's sometimes called a redrawable mortgage where you're with a revolving credit mortgage you can just add to the mortgage... Automatically, we've talked about them before. I won't go into detail about mm. it today. But, and with a redrawable mortgage, you can get the money out. That's sort of what it means that you can withdraw money again later. Um, but even if you've got an ordinary mortgage, it's a really good way because, in the end, you're then, if you're borrowing extra money, adding to the mortgage or taking out money you had put into it, you're basically paying mortgage interest rates on this rainy day money, which are pretty low. Mm. Much, much better than running up credit card debt. So I highly recommend that for those who've got a mortgage. But then not everybody has a mortgage. They don't own a home, or they've, if they're lucky enough, they've paid their mortgage off. Yeah. So... Um, or, or things are
1: so tight with the mortgage that they haven't kind of got that lump sum yes. thing happening, and for whatever reason can't can't get it back it. out again. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So there's lots of people where where that wouldn't work. So you want to get your money somewhere where it's not too readily accessible. You know, we we don't want people thinking, oh, I've been working too hard lately. I badly need a holiday. I'm going mm. to use my rainy day money for that. It's you. You've got to keep it for when you when you really want it. So you don't want it to be too easy to get out, which, which unfortunately revolving credit mortgages are. Yeah. Um, you, you want to have a little bit of a barrier there, at least a psychological barrier. Um, so I think it might be good if you read the next letter, actually, because this is yes, the, someone of cal- these ideas. Yes, I've
1: calculated, says, says Heather, three months of my salary to put aside from an inheritance for an emergency fund... Would I be best to invest it as a lump sum on one-month term deposits, or we'll split it into different amounts and stagger it on different lengths of term deposits? I'd also been thinking of maybe putting it into a bank account I could access. Heather's obviously a keen reader of yours, Mary. She thinks like you do. Yes. A- and maybe yes. I'll just throw this one in because someone sent a text in today saying, "Yeah, what about throwing it in the share market with an exchange?" Um, Traded funds, or well, maybe that's going to confuse things. Let's stick with the letter anyway for starters. Yes,
0: maybe we should start with Heather first. Who she's so she's looking at a one-month term deposit, mm. which is a good idea because the well, the money's not too readily accessible. And if you've got a credit card and you keep the credit card balance low, in other words, you pay it off every month, mm. then you can borrow against the credit card, and within a month, that one-month term deposit will have matured before you have to make the extra payments on the credit card. Yeah. So in, the, in that way, you're earning some interest on, on the one-month term Not deposit. Not Not a lot, but a bit more than in a bank savings account, mm-hmm. probably. And it's also a bit less accessible, which, which is quite yes. good. And what Heather's also thinking about is staggering the length of the term deposits, and, and that's something we've talked about before, where you might have... Three month deposits or six month deposits, but set them up so that you've got one maturing every month, mm. and that way you're probably going to get higher interest on, on the money. And um, but you still have some coming
1: available every mm. month, so that's that's extra for experts, say eh? that's super organized,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's something that that some people will enjoy setting up, and other people will say, I don't know what Mary's talking about, <laughs> yeah. this is all, all too hard. And if it's if it is too hard, just go for the one month term deposits. Um, or there are bank accounts that. Pay interest, but don't pay you if you take the money out. Um, I've got one of those that, that I don't use very wisely, I have to admit. But mm. but, it, but where, um, so they pay you interest, and then if there's a month when you take the money out, you don't get interest that month. And yeah. So that gives you a disadvantage. They used to be quite good there.
1: It. I remember in, uh, you know, sort of like, early 2000s, it'd be 6.5% six, yes. six or something. Yes. Yeah. And I look, well, you those know, are the days. bank
0: account interest is pathetic <laughs> these days. And I do recommend everybody looks on interest.co.nz and don't, don't just go with what your bank's offering because some of the banks are offering slightly better term deposit rates and bank account rates. But then we had this one um, text you you see yeah yes. saying I
1: reckon put them in exchange traded funds uh, that's basically a fancy way of saying a sort of an, an index fund um make sure you've got plenty of headroom on your credit cards, and so in an emergency it's easy to sell your shares, you can use a credit card in the interim and but the, your reluctance to sell the shares will be good discipline to avoid blowing those funds and sort of momentary enthusiasm. I thought that was pretty good
0: it It is an interesting idea it um so you're doing it with the credit card once again, or um, not necessarily, but typically an exchange traded fund as a share fund, um, it's like a KiwiSaver fund really. Mm. But and so you, you could, but you, we can't do it with KiwiSaver because you can't access the money. So, Sorry, Mary,
1: if I think about a minute as well, just to let we, you know.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, you know, and ideally you don't want to be taking money out of a, a share fund at short notice because the markets might have just gone down. But if it's just a fund that you're only going to go into every, you know, occasionally when there's a big emergency, well, why not, actually? Because most of the time it'll be in there, um, as, mm. as as the person says, growing faster than, than in a bank account. Um, yeah, so one other idea I had if we've got, One minute for it is um, a friend of mine in America used to, at the beginning of every year, he'd set aside a couple of thousand dollars in a bank account and take money out of there if there was some kind of unexpected spending happening. And if there wasn't, he'd give it to charity. So he sort of said at the beginning there, this goes to charity if I have a good year. But if I have a bad year, it goes to me. And that's sort of one interesting way of, of taking care of some emergency money. But right. my final point would just be, if, got, if you raid the fund, please top it up again as fast as possible, because... Otherwise, this is how people get into big financial trouble.
1: Thanks so much.
0: It's a pleasure. Mary
1: Holm, whose podcasts are available on our website, rnz.co.nz. Head to the podcast page and you can listen to this and other sessions in the convenience of your favourite podcast app.